Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special series from Broad Street Hockey leading up to the 2019 NHL Draft. This is Steph Driver. I am the NHL Editorial Manager for SB Nation and the Site Manager for Broad Street Hockey. How this worked was, well, we're doing a mock draft. I put all of our names in a hat, picked them out, and we had a draft order. It's not the same way that it would be if it were 31 teams because we only have six people. So I pulled 31 names and we had a lot of fun with this. Um, So you'll be hearing from every one of us a handful of times representing different teams. First up, I happen to pull my own name. So I am representing the New Jersey Devils with the first overall pick in the NHL draft. Now, let's talk about the New Jersey Devils. This is a team that won the draft lottery two out of the last three years. In 2017, they infamously, at least to us, selected Nico Heischer above Nolan Patrick, which, of course, gave the Philadelphia Flyers Nolan Patrick. While they seem to be in a similar position this year, I think that the the case is really, really clear for the New Jersey Devils and who they should select. Right now, the Devils are Taylor Hall, Nico Heischer, Corey Schneider, sometimes, and a bunch of other guys that you're really not quite sure whether they're making up their names or whether they came from the AHL team or if they've been on the Devils for a few years and... You just forget them every time. That's that's what we're dealing with here. Um, they made the playoffs once, um, and Taylor Hall won the Hart Trophy that year for essentially dragging them to the playoffs with you know a team that was just not very good, uh, got eliminated after the first round. So for the first selection in the 2019 NHL Draft, the New Jersey Devils select Jack Hughes. Now, why am I picking Jack Hughes for the New Jersey Devils? Well, this is simple. He is the guy. Yes, Capococco is an excellent, excellent forward. He's going to be a great player in the NHL. But with the Devils and the team that they are right now and and the rumors that they may not be able to keep Taylor Hall, you need that name recognition. You need to be able to put butts in seats and you need to be able to produce an on-ice product that wins, for for lack of a better term. You you need to be able to do something with this team. Jack Hughes is 5'10", 170 pounds. A little small to be playing in the NHL right now, but he just turned 18 in May, middle of May, so I'm not really concerned about that. He will bulk up. He's from the U.S. National Team Development Program, born in Orlando, Florida. In the past two years, two seasons with the National Team Development Program, he has scored 48 points in 24 games, and last season, 54 points in 27 games. Both of these are a two-point-per-game pace. Corey Pronman's scouting report from The Athletic says, His skating and pace define his game. His edge work is special. He uses his skating to attack. 
His skating is his foundation. With his edge work, first few steps, and speed, it allows the rest of his skill to flourish. He can make opponents look foolish with his puck skills. He's not the most purely skilled player in this draft when it comes to one-on-one play. What separates him is his ability to make highly skilled plays while moving fast. In this sense, there are few players in the world with that level of coordination. Like with his skill, Hughes' vision is very good. He's a fantastic player who can create a ton of chances. But what makes Hughes stand out like his hands, are the plays that he can make on the move. Hughes makes plays because of how much his skating opens up the ice and allows his vision and creativity to flourish. Now, Jack Hughes is also a center, uh, which Kapokako is a winger, and centers are always going to be more valuable in this league, especially with the Devils, who really need some depth down the middle and throughout a lot of their roster. I think that this is a no-brainer. I I don't know what more is going to need to be said about Jack Hughes. He's going to be their pick. And for the Flyers, it's going to be really, really tough to play against this guy for the foreseeable future. Up next, with the number two overall pick, is Steve Jacot representing the New York Rangers. Hello, Steve Jacot here to talk for the Broad Street Hockey Mock Draft for the 2019 NHL draft and I got picked number two and I have the lowest of the low the biggest scumbags in the metropolitan division I have the one and only New York Rangers the New York Hockey Rangers are the team I have been stuck with for pick two and I think this was intentional I I think I was given the Rangers with full awareness that I do not care for this hockey team. But here I am picking for the New York Rangers. And what a team they are. Who's on, even on the Rangers anymore? Is Brian Leach still on the Rangers? Is Mike Richter there? We know Henrik Lundqvist is there because he signed a 70-year contract. Poor Henrik Lundqvist. I mean, I think he's handsome. The rest of Broad Street Hockey thinks he's ugly. That's how it is. But the Rangers, they suck. And... They deserve the ping pong balls to pick pretty high in this draft. Unfortunately, they are picking a very talented player. And I really did not want to pick this player for the Rangers. Had no interest in picking this player for the Rangers because I don't want to see him on the Rangers. Absolutely not. So with the second pick in the 2019 NHL draft, the New York Rangers are selecting Kabokako. Capo Caco. Capo Caco is amazing. Very, very good hockey player. If it wasn't for Jack Hughes being as good as he is, uh, Capo Caco would have been an easy pick at number one. And he's made this seeming slam dunk decision to pick Hughes uh, a tougher one than expected. He scored the world junior winning goal. He set the finish Liga record for goals by an under 18 player. That's that's some stuff. That's some stuff. He had 38 points in 45 games in 2018-19, uh, 22 goals. Uh, so a nice year for Capococco. Fantastic player. And we can't forget that Capococco was the president of Capacucca Feta fraternity back in the good old days. You know, Capococco keeps cold in kooky conditions. These are things you cannot forget about Capococco. So the Rangers have selected Capococco. I am miserable about it. He is going to make us miserable for years to come. And 
Dang, man. Dang. Hey, everybody. It's Craig. I am picking third overall in the BSH Radio uh, mock draft for the 2019 NHL entry draft. And uh, after Steph took Jack Hughes first for the Devils and Steve took Capocacco second for the Rangers, taking Alex Turcotte third overall for the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. I feel like he's going to go third overall. It's the first... I've been saying it's the first real pick in the draft because it's kind of obvious Hughes and Kako are going to go first and second. Uh, and I think Turcotte makes a lot of sense going to the Blackhawks. He is a five foot eleven, hundred and eighty five pound left handed American center, ironically from Illinois too. But he was pretty good for the U.S. National U uh, eighteen team this year. Uh, he had twenty seven goals and sixty two points in thirty seven games. Four goals and nine points in seven games at the uh, U18 World Junior Championship. He also missed a lot of time due to injuries in mono, but uh, he he's had a history of putting up points everywhere he's played. He put up a lot of points for the U17 team as well. Had a couple monster seasons in the ban- uh, with his uh, Bantam teams too. Uh, he's been rated pretty high all year long, but I feel like the steam for him to go third of all has picked up a little bit over the last month or so. Uh, but he. The big aspect to his game is he is a dynamic skater. Uh, not the fastest skater in the world, but he's got a ton of speed, great acceleration, a lot of stride, a lot of other you know scouting cliches, but really, really great skater. Uh, he's a dynamic offensive talent. He can usually get by players one-on-one when they're defending him, and he has a knack, to, a knack for scoring and setting up goals in a uh, variety of ways. But he's got amazing vision, amazing vision, uh, and he, for, even though he's five foot eleven, he does seem to get to the crease a lot, and uh, does seem to cause a lot of problems, make a lot of noise down there. Uh, I was reading up on Turcotte. Uh, I came across Tom Hunter, who writes for uh, Mile Mile High Hockey, the SB Nation, Colorado Avalanche blog, and uh, he said he is the most polished three zone forward in the draft, and I feel like that is. I feel like that's a pretty accurate way to sum up Turcotte's game. And, uh, you know, Chicago has a history of picking uh, two-way forwards like that. Two-way centers, uh, third overall, like they took uh, Jonathan Taves back in uh, 2006. And also, they traded for Dylan Strome this year, who went third overall in 2015. Dylan Strome was kind of a questionable, questionable pick back in 2015 with the uh, Coyotes just because of the skating, but... For you know, lack of better terms, it seems like he hit his stride this year. Yeah, I'm sorry about that, but I'm not going back and redoing this. <laughs> he uh, but he had 51 points in 58 games uh, with the Blackhawks this season, and I don't. I want to say Turcotte might play in the NHL this year, but even if he doesn't, uh, in a couple years, the the Blackhawks could have Jonathan Taves, who had, for all intents and purposes, a, a bounce back this year. Pretty, I mean, a pretty strong uh, bounce back here. Uh, and then they could have Turcotte as the 2C and maybe Dylan Strom as the 3C, or you flip-flop one of those two. Uh, and the Blackhawks could have a lot of uh, center depth again, um, which would kind of suck because it's been nice that they've been losing and just watched uh, the St. Louis Blues win their first Stanley Cup, so they're they're probably not too happy either. But, um, yeah, I'm going with Alex Turcotte. I think looking at the rest of the picks I made, I picked the, I actually made the Flyers pick. And the 18th overall, I believe, and the 22nd and the 26th. And I think this is the only one that wasn't 
this is the pick that feels like it's most likely to happen out of all of them. I think Turcotte is going to go third overall. There, there really is a lot to like about him, and it's tough to gauge. It's really tough to for him to gain a lot of attention just because he was on the U.S. national team that has Jack Hughes and also Cole Caulfield, who is going to get who has been getting a ton of attention just because he scores all the goals and he's only like three foot two. So everybody's making a big deal about how small he is and how much he scores. But and he's been surging up the the draft rankings probably since uh, he was I think he was mocked to be just outside the top ten last year. And now it feels like he could be going. Pretty high, maybe not three or four, but he's he's been moving up and he's been a topic of discussion all, um, all leading up to the draft. He's been a big topic of discussion just because of his size. So I think uh, Blackhawks go with Alex Turcotte here. Hello, folks. It is Kelly Hinkle, deputy managing editor of BroadStreetHockey.com, the collector of links for the daily link dump at BroadStreetHockey.com, and also, as you know one of the hosts of Broad Street Hockey Radio. I have been charged with drafting at number four overall for yours, mine, and ours, the Colorado Avalanche. And before I announce my pick, I kind of want to talk about the Avalanche a little bit. Um, they're an interesting team. They've been finding success in recent seasons, mostly on the back of a top line that is out of control good. Uh, Nathan McKinnon... Gabriel Landeskog, Miko Rantanen, these guys are scoring machines playing together. And they have, quite frankly, been the major reason for why the Avalanche have been competitive at all in the last couple of years. But once you get past that top line, offensively, things aren't nearly as impressive. And the Avalanche have a couple of ways that they can kind of address this deficiency if they so choose. Um, first is through free agency this summer. They have a ton of cap space, um, just over $37 million, I think, in cap space heading into next season. So if they wanted to go out and buy someone to help with their secondary scoring, they could certainly do that. But the interesting thing about that is that in a couple of years, two of those most important pieces, Gabriel Landeskog and uh, Nathan McKinnon, will both be unrestricted free agents. One assumes that the Avalanche are going to want to hold on to these guys, so they are going to be due big money. And that kind of makes you think, well, maybe the Avalanche don't want to take a gamble on someone in free agency this season, given that the free agent class isn't that great and you're always overpaying, so perhaps they don't want to lock up too much money in an unrestricted free agent this summer. That said, secondary scoring, I think, is an important thing for them to address. And while you never draft for a need that you need to fill now, um, I kind of think that the kid that I am going to select might be able to make an impact sooner rather than later, despite a few notable deficiencies in his game. So with all of that being said, the Colorado Avalanche are pleased to select from the U.S. National Development Program, Cole Caulfield. Now, admittedly, when I made this pick, I kind of meant for it to be a little bit spicy. Um, I figured it would get people talking. It's definitely a bit off-board, but actually the day that I filled in this name on our 
mock draft spreadsheet, uh, Craig Button from TSN released his final draft rankings, and he actually has Caulfield at four. And it's interesting because that's the highest that I've seen him, and I've also seen him as low as 13. So this kid is a bit divisive. Um, the thing that's really the problem for Caulfield is, of course, his size. He is not a very large boy. He is, uh, let's see, according to Elite Prospects, he is a lengthy five foot seven inches, and he is weighing in at 163 pounds. So not a big boy. However, I think that one could argue that the NHL is skewing towards smaller, more offensively skilled, fast, exciting players. Obviously, you've got guys like Gaudreau, um, Dabrinkit, um, you know, if you look at the Boston Bruins, they're not a very big team. Obviously, they're quite good one game away from winning a Stanley Cup. So I, I don't think size is as important as it used to be. Now, would it be cool if Cole Caulfield did what he does and he was, you know, 6'3", 215? Sure, that would be cool. But he's Danny Briere-sized, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's extremely hard, in my opinion, to argue with this kid's numbers. He has broken the record for goals scored in a single season for the U.S. National Development Program with 72 goals this season. 72 goals. That's absurd. The record was previously held by Austin Matthews with 55. So quite a bit more scoring than Austin Matthews did in the same league when he was playing in it. And, I mean, you guys, fun, exciting scorers guys that make an impact on a game, guys that aren't afraid to take chances, um, guys who thrive under pressure. These are things that you can't really teach, in my opinion. And I think that Cole Caulfield has all of those unteachable skills in spades. And I think that despite his small frame, he will make an impact in the NHL. I'd wager in two years maximum he'll be playing in the NHL. And I think he's going to score a lot of goals. And if you're a team like the Colorado Avalanche, who is going to need to address secondary scoring? Not a bad choice for you. So that's my pick, Cole Caulfield. If you disagree with me, be sure to tell me why. And next up, we have the fifth overall pick, which will be coming at you from Charles O'Connor. And he's picking for the Los Angeles Kings. Thanks, guys. Hey, everybody. This is Charlie O'Connor of BSH Radio and The Athletic Philadelphia. And what I'm doing today is continuing our special BSH Radio mock draft for 2019. I will be taking on, actually, this is my first pick for this team. I'll be doing a, a pick for them later on in the draft. But I will be taking on the persona of the Los Angeles Kings with General Manager Rob Blake. Just to give a quick recap of the picks that have already been taken, obviously Jack Hughes went number one, Capo Caco went number two. Uh, the third pick was mostly chalk. Uh, Alex Turcotte, who is viewed as one of the primary contenders for the third overall pick for the Chicago Blackhawks. And then pick number four, we had a little bit of an off-the-board selection. Cole Caulfield was taken by the, uh, the, the Colorado Avalanche by Kelly. So sitting at five, the uh, the Kings had a chance to have a higher pick, but actually dropped down significantly from uh, from their best possible odds. 
But I think there would, they would be, would be pretty happy if the draft fell this way. So, with the fifth pick in the 2019 NHL draft, the Los Angeles Kings select Bowen Byram, defenseman from the Vancouver Giants of the WHL. And as I said, I think the Kings, in all honesty, are dreaming the draft falls this way for them. Because I my read is that, obviously, Hughes and Kapokaka are the two best players in the draft. I think the next two best players in the draft are Turcotte and Byram. And if one of those two players was to slip to five, I think the Kings would be ecstatic. And I think, actually, they would probably prefer it be Byram. Just because, yeah, they need a lot of things. I guess center is a need as well because Gabe Velarde has the back issues. But to get a potential number one defenseman who could be possibly their next Drew Doughty, it would be enormous for them. Yeah, they have Kale Clegg in the uh, in the pipeline, and he's fine. I, I think he'll be a a solid top four second pair defensive. But this this guy, he's he's on another level. This isn't a great draft for defensemen. It's not bad. There are a bunch of guys who are probably gonna be taking taken from eight through the rest of the draft. But this is the one guy who you look at and you say he right off the bat could potentially be a game changer. He's he's a amazing skater maybe not the best skater in the draft but he's top five top 10 easily he's tenacious in all three zones and he's great with the puck on his stick and we're talking about a guy who had 26 goals in the season from the back end and that's it's not easy even in juniors that's not easy and there's other things he has going for him too that not a lot of people think of you know he's a he's a june birthday which means that he spent the entire season in his draft year at age 17 playing against not only a lot of guys older than him because they've been in the league for years but even in his own in his own year he's he's young and he still dominated the WHL also, we're talking about a guy who, in the playoffs, led the entire WHL in scoring. And remember, this guy's a defenseman. I'm not saying he, you know, he led his position in scoring. He had more points than any player in the WHL playoffs. He's good. The only thing I've I've heard and seen a little bit in tape is that the defensive game isn't quite perfect. It's still good. It's just he can lose focus sometimes. But again, guy's 17. One assumes he's going to get better in that area. Now, the big thing here is I'm not convinced that he actually makes it to five. It, Caulfield at four would be a lot of fun, and I'm very high on Cole Caulfield, so he might justify that pick from Kelly. But I think both Colorado and Chicago could plausibly take him. It, for me, Chicago's pick, as I said, it should be between Turcotte and Byram, and I think either pick would be fine. And for Colorado, you know, if you could pair Byram and, and Cole McCarr for God for the next ten plus years as their top pair, that's a that's a pretty enticing proposition. But in the end, I believe if Bo and Byram is available at five, I think Rob Blake is running up to the podium to take him, and I think it would be a, a great pick for LA. Um, maybe not a franchise changing pick, but Drew Doughty was a franchise changing changing defenseman, so. We'll see. But uh, as I said, I think the Kings would be thrilled if the draft played out this way. Hey, everybody. How you doing? Well, that's good. My name is Bill Matz, and I am the Detroit Red Wings for the evening. Well, at least for this first pick. I have the sixth pick in the draft, and I am the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, But before we get started, big shout out to Steph Driver for setting this whole thing up. 
and uh, just taking the time to pull all the names out of the hat, create the draft order, conceive the idea. I mean, it is definitely, absolutely, without a doubt, just a coincidence that she has the first pick in the draft and the Vegas Golden Knights pick while I'm sitting here with number six, the last of us to have a pick in this round, and, of course, the Ottawa Senators later on in the draft. But, you know, I make do. Uh, but right now, let's let's mock this out. I am the Detroit Red Wings, so let's get it started. <clears throat> With the sixth pick in the 2019 NHL Entry Draft, the Detroit Red Wings select Vasily Podkolzin. Podkolzin is a six foot one, 190 pound winger out of Russia. And fam, here's my thinking behind the pick. Uh, I've seen Pod Colson ranked anywhere uh, from third by Elite Prospects to 12th by the Athletics' Corey Pronman. Uh, although in his mock draft, he thinks Vasily uh, could go anywhere between 6 and 14. The Hockey News had him at 5. ESPN's Chris Peters has him at 6th and mocked him out to the Blackhawks at th- number 3 in April. So has him going pretty high there. Uh, Pod Colson is a playmaking winner, winger with finishing ability. But the thing that really stuck out to me is his strength and physical play. Uh, he certainly has the skill to dish from the perimeter and score off of one-timers. But he also drives to the net relentlessly like a power forward uh, and dishes out punishment with and without the puck. He looks very strong, um, challenging puck carriers as well as warding off defenders. So that really stuck out to me as he's kind of a complete player. Uh, there is some concern about his contract with his Russian club. He signed through 2021, and all indications are he plans to play out these remaining two years. And that's exactly why I think he's a great candidate for Stevie Wise Detroit Red Wings. Uh, I read an article by Max Boltman on The Athletic breaking down Iserman's draft tendencies during my research leading up to this mock draft. Uh, during Iserman's Iserman's draft tendencies with the Lightning while I was doing my research for this mock draft. And Stevie Y takes a lot of players out of Russian leagues uh, and seems to fear the worst-case scenario of them not coming over to North America less than some other clubs. Uh, In the piece, Boltman references what uh, Iserman told Craig Custance at the U18 Worlds regarding Pod Colson and this uh, this two-year contract he has and the fear of drafting native Russians out of Russian leagues. And Iserman said, The really good Russian players all come over. Maybe they wait a year, two years, but eventually you get them. Kuznetsov, Tarasenko, Vasilevsky, Kucherov waited a year. The really good ones are coming over. You have to be prepared, potentially, to wait. Uh, Iserman drafted two of the players, and both of them, Vasilevsky and Kucherov, are superstars in the league despite going at 19th and 58th overall. So I think he sees value in, oh, wow, yeah, maybe he is the third best prospect or fifth best prospect like he's ranked, but he's not going to go to the middle of the first round uh, because of this fear. Iserman does not have this fear and pounces on these guys. He has taken more players, more Russian players out of Russian leagues than uh, any GM during his tenure while he was with... um, while he was with Tampa. So I think this is a good fit here. Uh, And finally, I took a look at Detroit's own prospect pool. uh, I I took that into consideration. Looking at what they have, if there was a defenseman I liked better than Pod Colson at six, uh, I would have certainly considered it. 
but ultimately uh, Vasily's elite, elite skill won out. He joins a fairly deep group of talented forwards in Detroit with uh, Corey Pronman's fourth-ranked prospect, goal-scoring winger Pavel Zadina, and his 37th-ranked prospect, Joseph Valeno, who's a reliable two-way center. They also have a six-foot six-foot-six center in Michael Rasmussen, uh, not considered elite, but definitely a middle-six guy and you know good two-way player. And they have a speedy two-way winger in Jonathan Bergen, who uh, they think has some potential there. So Yeiserman has a good young core uh, in his new old home now, uh, especially of forwards, not to mention Dylan Larkin, Anthony Mantha, Andreas, happy to see you, Tyler Bertuzzi, Evgeny, Sne- Evgeny Svechnikov, and Jacob De La Rose are all 24 and younger. So I see him really building this forward core uh, to be elite, much as he did with that core in Tampa. Of course, they have some great defensemen there. I don't see a Victor Hedman on the board in this situation. So I I think he's going to really build up this offense and really uh, make it something special. And that's why I'm taking, with the sixth pick in the 2019 draft, Vasily Podkolzin. 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 Maybe I just took him for his name. I really wanted to say Vasily. But you know how that goes. Uh, anyway, I will be back, I believe. What is my next pick? I should know this. I should have these things in front of me before I start recording, probably. But if you listen to the post games, you know it's more fun for me to just ramble while I'm looking for them. I will be back at number eight with Edmonton's pick. So wait for me just a few minutes if you can't wait to hear what the new regime is going to do out there in Alberta. My name is Bill Matz. Have a great week, everybody.